1: Hello and welcome to episode 325 of Geek Town Radio. It's the first episode of 2022 and I have with me... Matt and Gray, so how are you doing, Matt? How's things in 2022? Not too bad of a start. Yeah, I'm doing all right. Good. How about you, Gray? I
0: had a brilliant start so far. I started a new job last week, and I am so far really happy about my decision to move to this job. Um, (laughs) It's so far been a dream start, and I'm very happy. So yes, I am having a good start to the year.
1: Yes, and you got COVID out of the way last year, so... (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) Start free from COVID, so... (laughs) Yes,
1: all good, excellent. I had a reasonable break as well. It's actually been quite long the break this year because usually we're back a week before this, but I had something on on the Monday, so I couldn't do the show. So uh, we're back a week later than normal. But um, we are, of course, going to be going through the results of the Geek Dad Awards. That's going to be the main thing for the show this week. But before we get into that and some little bits of TV news, what have you been up to over the break? Ray, let's come to you first. So I
0: obviously had a great time being locked in and being able to watch loads. I didn't mean I watched a lot from 2021. I actually dug really deep into the archives and tried to catch up with some stuff that I missed in 2020.
1: <laughs> yes, I've um, done that, it, yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. It was quite good. I like binged Squid Game in a day. That was quite good, which is obviously last year. But then I was watching some old ITV dramas back from 2020. But, you know, I had a, a really good time. Over Christmas, New Year, loads of Christmases new year specials uh you know anything from the ghosts christmas special yeah. to um you know would i lie to you have i got news for you roundup of the year i love catching up on things like that big fat quiz of the year some of the things i started um and i actually i finished two of these girls five ever i yes. uh, dropped onto peacock and i thought oh, i like tina faye stuff and um, breakable kimmy schmidt 30 rocks sort of thing and it's really it's really funny i mean really like out there absurd funny really enjoyed it finished that this week, um, looking forward to, they've got a second season being renewed. I also finished Mr. Mayor, that's the Ted Danson on Sky Comedy. Also Tina um, Fey
1: as well, that one. <laughs>
0: also Tina Fey and that one, and I think I've just got one episode left of Young Rock, a bizarre way of doing a comedy, a of like that meta-narrative about him being yeah. a president in the future, but you know, it's, bit, it's okay, I like the way he breaks up, that it's not all told from the same year, yeah. there's like three different Dwayne Johnsons over time, and that, that's quite good. Over the weekend, this weekend just gone, I started watching Stay Close, the latest Harlan Coburn Netflix thriller with Kush Jumbo. Yeah. Um, uh, so I'm one episode into that. Looking forward to watching that. And i just piqued my interest. I know we've talked about it on here before. American Housewife, the Katie Mixon sitcom that's never been over here. It, um, it but... has
1: actually. It ran on, uh, on one of the UK TV yeah. channels and then oh, I did think, it? And, and then they dropped it. I seem to remember. Uh... Uh, and then it was on Amazon them for a bit I think and then they dropped it and so oh. but it's now all on it's Disney Plus all on Disney yeah yeah, yeah. So I started watching that at the
0: weekend I, oh no we were properly laughing at a few bits in the first couple of episodes so we might do a slow watch of that to just stop me going back to like Friends and Will and Grace which I've watched about 20 times over now right. but uh, yeah. trying to find something different <laughs> then obviously The Apprentice returned uh, this week um, I know that we're not huge reality fans here but it's one of those old favourites an absolutely appalling first episode no spoilers because this happens every episode you just all these professional people Are absolute idiots And uh, they're supposed to be Branding and marketing And it was one of the worst episodes I've ever seen So if you like If you have that real Passion to watch Intelligent people I'm going to say Fail quite ridiculously Then obviously go and watch The Apprentice uh, Which is on On Thursday nights uh, Moving forward And then I'll just wrap up My film review of the year And I think I I was Really good last year I managed to put a movie To every month of the year As the favourite But I didn't do December Because I hadn't watched enough Due to the lockdown but I did day after boxing day I took myself on my own to the cinema and I am pleased to say that Spider-Man definitely gets the December movie of the yes. month for last month that is my wrap up of how I've been going for the last month or so
1: excellent <laughs> I've still not got to see Spider-Man yet I I do intend to try and go out at some point it would be my first cinema trip post all the COVID stuff happening if I do do it but that's the one thing that's pushing me to go to the cinema because I've managed to avoid most of the Spoilers. I'm. I mean, there's some obvious things that have been out there, but I managed to avoid most of them so far. But uh, that I do definitely want to try and see because it's going to be ages before it gets released on home release. It's going to be like March, apparently, before it gets home release. So I I don't think think I can wait that long. Yeah, I'm. I'm sure I will. I really do want
2: to see it. What about you, Matt? Watched a film called uh, Don't Look Up, which was uh, doing pretty well on Netflix over the Christmas period. I Thought that was a phenomenal bit of storytelling. It's essentially Jennifer Lawrence, Leonardo DiCaprio, and you've also got like Mel Street, Jonah Hill. I've noticed that unlike with Gunpowder Milkshake, which I watched 20 minutes of and then switched off, this film with Don't Look Up is a better example of when you've got a stacked cast, like a very, very good cast, give them some actual good dialogue and give them some actual like some interesting stories to kind of actually act. But I thought that was a really phenomenal look at how society looks at things today. And it's basically about this uh, comet and how that's going to maybe destroy Earth. There is some parallels to like, COVID today and how people look at news and what people do and don't believe and all that kind of stuff and how scientists are kind of treated as well. Right. In that sort of space, but uh, I I thought it was absolutely phenomenal. It's a little bit long, but uh, it really, really came out very, very strong with that. So I really enjoyed. Don't look up. I remember mentioning. I can't remember where I mentioned it, but I remember mentioning I was playing. uh, It takes two. Oh yeah. um, Of just before the uh, the Christmas period. Yeah, with my mum. We finished it. uh, yesterday actually so we actually finished the game. Really interesting experience because she does like you know play games on her phone and that sort of stuff but this is very very different to something that she's tried before because you've got things like rope swinging rail grinding, third person action. Yeah, You've got things like these ice levels, Uh, there's lots and lots of like platform jumping and boss fights and all this kind of quite intense things uh, My biggest issue with the game is that on the main menu and in the pause menu it very clearly wants to make you aware that the game's got accessibility options but the options that it's got listed in accessibility options are things that I would just put down to like controller settings so things like inverted controls, Mm. controller sensitivity there's basic things like subtitles that kind of stuff and like you can make the subtitles bigger or smaller but it doesn't have things like a colorblind mode, it doesn't have just useful other things like that and there's a particular setting in there I think it's called like a camera follow setting and you can turn it off, you can put it on weak or you can put it on strong. And I tried different settings on my mum's controller and on mine and it didn't seem to make any difference. <laughs> what I thought that would do is when my mum's going forward and turning left or right around a corner that the camera would follow her behind so that she wouldn't have to like turn around the corner and yeah, yeah. turn the camera all this kind of stuff but it didn't seem to do any of those things. I don't even know what it actually did but uh, right. it's like if you're going to try to advertise it you've got accessibility options but there's not really much here then you haven't really quite done that quite so well yes but uh, we we got through it we finished it there's the game's very very creative with a lot of its ideas but it's just a little bit wonky with uh, with certain things the story is good characters are interesting gameplay is very very good but uh, it's one of these games that is trying to advertise itself to everybody like a family friendly thing and I don't really think it quite achieves
1: that part of of what it's setting out to do it was still good I just
2: had some uh, problems with
1: it for me uh, gaming wise I've been playing through Wasteland 3 which is, is quite an old game now, but really enjoy playing through that. It's sort of a post-apocalyptic nuclear kind of setting, top-down isometric, ex type shooter. It's um, quite good fun, though. Turn-based shooter thing. Um, mm-hmm. So I've been playing through that. I actually completed that. TV-wise though, I'm on the second season of Ghosts, which I'm really enjoying. I know I'm very, very late to this, <laughs> but um, yeah, Ghosts has been wonderful. I love the first season. I actually watched that in the plane going over to America late last year. I started watching about halfway through the second season i'm sort of watching that nightly at the moment so i'm really enjoying that i did see the matrix resurrections which having said i've not been to the cinema that's because i have access to hbo max legally have access to HBO max they've got matrix resurrections on there so i actually watched that it's fine (laughs) (laughs) that's about the length of sort of my review for it i'm not entirely sure why it exists i mean yes obviously brings. Neo and Trinity back to life, and it's the entire thing is basically a love story between Neo and Trinity. That's sort of the thing for it. But it's got Neil Patrick Harris in it, which is always a bonus because he's fabulous. <laughs> but I don't know, I it didn't really grab me, I have to say. I mean, it's certainly not got the weight of the original trilogy behind it. I mean, fine, it exists, it's enjoyable enough. <laughs> but I think there's much better films out there. How long is it? Two and a half hours, I think. Oh, Christ. So, yeah, I mean, (laughs) it's a lot to wade through. It's perfectly okay. If you want to get it on home release and you're a fan of the Matrix, it's a fun thing to watch. But, I wouldn't say rush out to the cinema to go and see it, particularly. It's perfectly fine, entertaining rubbish, really. <laughs> I, I mean, it. I don't think it says anything particularly like the original ones do anywhere near as much, you know. It just doesn't have a sort of message behind it as much as the other ones did. Do you think the film was a mistake to go back to it? Um, like to make this one? Maybe if they had a bit more thought about it. It goes a bit meta as well, because okay. there's... I've heard some things, yeah. Yes. I don't want to go hugely into that without spoiling bits of the plot, but it does go Mm -hmm. a bit meta in places as well, which is kind of fun. But I think the first Matrix was sort of, you know, there was a backbone to it, which sort of said things about society and how you treat people or, or, you know, that sort of stuff. And I think a lot of that seems to be missing out of the fourth one. It's more just this love story between these two characters. And yeah, which is perfectly fine. And there's lots of nice CGI and it's perfectly well acted. I just don't think it. It's a perfectly okay movie. It's just not one, something I would go rushing out to see necessarily. I also started Wheel of Time. I'm about halfway through that. That's the Amazon series again. I'm I'm kind of enjoying that. It's okay. I don't really know the books, and I don't know if maybe I get more out of it if I did but it's an interesting enough world it's sort of female led to a certain extent because you know they're based around this coven of female magic users again I'm sort of working my way through that so I'm about halfway through that at the moment we'll talk more about that when I actually finish it I finished season three of Lost in Space which I really enjoyed I, I think they did a wonderful job with that series and I think it was the right thing to do to sort of end it after three seasons because there's only so many times they can like oh they're lost on another planet again you know because it was always Uh set up about they were trying to get from point A to point B and they got knocked off course and every season they've kind of nearly made it to where they were supposed to be going and then got knocked off course again so I think there's only so many times you could do that and I think it wrapped very nicely in its third season I thought they did a really nice job of pulling that together and leaving the characters all in quite a nice place definitely worth watching it's a good solid little three season arc that Witcher 2 I enjoyed as well finished that maybe done doesn't quite have as much going for it as the first season did, but perfectly reasonable enough story. I know there was a few people complaining about the fact that they'd kind of strayed away from the books, I think, but, you know, I've not read the books for that either, So, and so many people know The Witcher through the video games rather than the books anyway, so... Yeah, um, yeah. Perfectly serviceable second season. I'd be interested to see where they go with the third. Book of Boba Fett, of course, started, which, again, doing a decent job with that, expanding that character it's quite interesting seeing dealing with the sand people in that and um, getting a lot more into the background of them which you've never really had before which I, that's kind of the more interesting bit rather than it being about the Fair. that side of things I've actually found really really interesting and uh, Around the World in 80 Days which I got the final episode to watch of that but that's the David Tennant series which has been running on BBC One and it's all up on iPlayer as well uh, that's been great I believe they're doing a second season of that how, I'm not entirely sure, because you can only really go round the world in 80 days once, I think. That's sort of a purpose to that mm-hmm. story. Do, do, do it again, going in a different direction. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, a, a yeah, trip to the pole maybe or something. I don't know. That's been really good, though. No, it's kind of interesting. And one of the episodes when they're traveling across America, it's sort of post the Civil War over there when you've got a number of black characters in there. So you're dealing with the racism of the South they're adding sort of various socio-political things there was like a revolution in France which they dealt with in one of the earlier episodes colonisation of India as well by the British so it's got a lot of historical bits which they're mixing in there which I found quite interesting how they were pushing that together the whole point of it being a bet and he's trying to get around the world in 80 days and he ends up in these various situations as he crosses into various different countries I've been really really enjoying that if any either of you Seen any of those shows? I've started a uh, book of Boba. I'm uh, caught up with the two episodes. I started the first episode
2: of Lost. In, well, I've watched the first episode of Lost in Space, season three. Uh, obviously, I've watched all of The The Witcher. Did that podcast day for us. Yes. Uh, Around the World in Eighty Days, I've not had a look at. Uh, World of Time, I've not had a look at. Matrix, I didn't really have the interest even before. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, Ghosts, I've I've not seen any of that. You, I, I, yeah,
0: I love Ghosts. Um, I've watched them all, including the most recent Christmas <laughs> special. Um, the Matrix. Um, uh, I wasn't too fussed about it A couple of my friends Were really into it And really wanted to go I was a take it or leave it With The Matrix So I haven't rushed out And you You obviously know my thoughts About all the others The Wheel of Time <laughs> Lost in Space The Witcher Book of Boba Effect Probably not my have cup of tea But Around the World Native Days Is on my long list to watch I was watching something else When it came on over Christmas and didn't get a chance To watch them all There's a couple of others That were broadcast over Christmas That I'm saving to watch um, Now I've got a few Extra hours each evening And each morning I'm going to be catching up On some of the TV programs that
1: were on my long list so yes Mm. cool do you think I'd like Wheel of Time possibly I mean it's worth a shot it is an interesting sort of fantasy world and it is sort of different to you know I mean it's fantasy and magic and it it is different to some of the other shows that we've had you know it is its own kind of quite nicely constructed world Um, Mm -hmm. it's not grabbing me necessarily quite as much as maybe some of the other fantasy worlds out there but still enjoyable enough series and Amazon liked it enough it's been renewed so it will be coming back. It's just one of those things that I don't know that well, so I wasn't overly excited for it to come out, which is why it took me a while to get round to actually watching it. And, uh, you know, I've been enjoying it. It's just not left to sort of, oh, this is amazing, you must go and watch it. You know, it, yeah. it's not leapt to that level for me but I've been enjoying it perfectly well I think it's a decent serviceable fantasy series definitely so that's all the stuff we've been doing over the break next we've got some TV and film news it's that time of the year your vacation is coming up you can already hear the beach waves feel the warm breeze relax So we kick off the TV and film news with the renewals, cancellations and pickups. There have been a number of cancellations over the last few weeks. Uh, I know what you did last summer has been cancelled by Amazon Prime after one season. I didn't hear anybody talking about that. And given that's such a huge brand name, you would think that had a bit more weight behind it. But yeah, there doesn't seem to be much interest in that at all julian the phantoms cancelled by netflix after one season diary of a future president cancelled after two seasons by disney plus Plus. and uh, head of the class which was a reboot of uh, of an old series that was on hbo max which hasn't made it over here yet and probably won't now because that was cancelled after one season renewals why women kill was renewed for a third season by paramount plus so that will be coming back and that aired on alibi over here but i mean most of the paramount Plus stuff seems to be going back to Paramount Plus, given what happened with Star Trek. So yeah. I, I suspect that will probably end up on Paramount Plus when the third season lands. Just announced today that Emily in Paris has been renewed for a third and fourth season, apparently. So Emily is spending more time in Paris. Also announced today, Grey's Anatomy has been renewed for a 19th season by ABC. They've managed to convince Ellen Pompeo to sign another one-year deal, because she's basically been signing one-year deals to the couple of years to mm. extend her contract because she has been making a lot of noise about the fact that she's kind of done with it and wants to get out but they've... well she's been doing it a while so well, she might yeah. just want to
2: move on I yeah. mean
1: you know maybe they'll make it to 20 seasons but don't be surprised if Grey's Anatomy comes to an end at the end of the 19th season it wouldn't be mm. a great shock my mum said more.
2: she was disappointed with the uh, I don't know if it's this season or the most re- the one before but one, one of the most recent seasons she said was like really disappointing
0: so. right okay might uh, be the COVID season. I think they just really struggled, and Ellen Pompeo spent most of the season in a hospital bed. And I see. Like, what what more could go wrong?
2: Yeah, that she, she said it was to do with that. Yeah. Yeah. So. It was.
0: It wasn't the greatest season, and uh, again, that some people did have real shockers around COVID, didn't they? Didn't quite know how to deal with it. Now it's better. Even though COVID is important to talk about, it's not the focus of the storylines anymore, which I think is better for the show.
1: Yeah, I like the way the Good Doctor handled it, where it did one or two episodes right at the start and then they actually had freddie highmore come out at the end of that going right that was us dealing with covid the rest of the season we're going to be set after a vaccine has come out and we're going to go from there and then they just carried on yes people were wearing masks and you know covid mm. was still a thing but they were like we're, we're not gonna delve into it anymore this is you know we're gonna just carry on moving forward which i think was quite a nice way of doing it because it paid a lot of them are trying to pay some sort of respect to the medical community which i totally get you're a medical show you want to do that but there are some people that have really wallowed in it and i <laughs> think yeah that's possibly a mistake the uh other main pickup that we've been given a date for was the boys season three that is arriving on the 3rd of june which is a way off yet but they have said friday the 3rd of june that will be arriving on amazon prime so given there isn't a lot of sort of other news around us, things are still sort of starting to wake up. One of the things we always do when we first come back is talk through the results of the Geek Town Awards, which we had thousands and thousands of people voting on the awards this year, which was absolutely fantastic. It was a really good number of people voting across all categories. We got some really interesting results this year. Close call in some categories as well. Some things way, way out in front as well. So uh, it's been quite interesting to see what has landed and where things have landed. We're going to start off with the best new non-sci-fi drama. The top three was The Outlaws on BBC, The Flight Attendant on Sky, and I think rather predictably Bridgerton on Netflix. Well, that's, I think, <laughs> by a fairly sizable margin, if I remember correctly. Thoughts on these? I respect the top three.
0: Me, personally, I would flip it the other way around. I thought The Outlaws, I watched that at the very end of December while I was in isolation. That, by far, was so well written and with some really quality characters I know I went on about The Flight Attendant during the when we are doing the nomination so me personally just flip him around the other way around as a top three but no absolutely respectable top three for me
2: What about you Matt? I would just keep The Flight Attendant and get rid of the other
1: two because I haven't <laughs> seen the other two so yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah
2: Bridgerton was very very popular wasn't it? Still is obviously there's going to be a uh, probably some more seasons of that There yeah, are um, definitely
1: yes there yeah, are I yeah. think they're already ordered they ordered like two right. or
2: three more seasons in one game. So. Yeah, a bunch more of those. Um, Flight attendant was great. Kaylee Koku coming back and everything. Which one's the Outlaws?
1: The Outlaws is Stephen Merchant one. Oh, that that's on one. the BBC. Right.
2: Yes, right. yes. I still need to go and watch that. I clicked on iPlayer today for about the first time in about a year, <laughs> I think. And I was like, oh yeah, there's these. Th- there's a new uh, Jamie Dornan thing out as well, which I want to take a look at. But um, so I'll need to go because I do like Stephen Merchant as well. I liked when he worked with uh, Ricky Gervais yeah. and Scott uh, Pilkington. So it's it'll be good to uh, check him out on that. But yeah, fair enough, Bridget at number one I don't think it's uh, a major surprise
1: Vigil was fairly close behind in fourth place on that as well the other things in that category were Big Sky, Your Honor, Bloodlands, Riley Road, White Lotus and Professor T and Heels were the other ones in that category Vigil was weren't that many votes behind the Outlaws and I did think that was a good season that was the thing on the submarine on the BBC yeah
0: really yeah,
1: mm-hmm. yeah that, was, that was good that was sure that was best new non-sci-fi drama best returning non-sci-fi drama i thought this might be quite interesting but the number one spot absolutely crushed everything else i was surprised <laughs> that it was actually quite this high given the ending let's say um, yeah. the top three for that were uh sex education at number three dexter new blood at number two line of duty the obviously the sixth season of that at number one i mean obviously you've seen sex education because i know both of you love that but uh you've mm-hmm. seen through the other two. I've only seen the first
2: season of uh, Line of Duty and I'm, I think I watched the pilot a long time ago for Dexter, but I really did enjoy this newest season of, of Sex Education. That was uh, a really, really good time. Um, yeah, Line of Duty is very popular and a lot of people really like Dexter.
1: What about you, Greg? Yeah, Line of Duty and
0: Sex Education, both fans of not watched Dexter New Blood, never watched it in the first place. But remember, this was the category I ceremoniously campaigned for getting rid of Call the Midwife. Uh, yes! So, we <laughs> so I'm glad that went and it gave the others a few uh, an opportunity to shine through uh, yeah Line of Duty I did expect to see that up there it's, it's a BBC One drama everyone can access to it and it's just you know it gets everyone talking and everyone really enjoys that when it comes on it's a real sense of community as well because you go into work or you start talking to your friends about oh do you know who H is and things like that so yes. yeah I'm being I'm pleased
1: second third and fourth places were very 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 close the fourth place was Cobra Kai they were incredibly close they could have really Really gone in any order almost those three but Line of Duty was like 25% of the vote so... <laughs> Uh, wow. So so it it was way ahead of the, of the other three. Dexter Newblood has been really good. Uh, definitely makes up for the season eight ending fiasco, which nobody was happy with. And uh, it seems to have done a much better job with season nine. I haven't watched the final episode because that only landed over here last night. So I will let you know what I think of the ending of that next week. That has been a really good season. I think they've done a wonderful job sort of reinventing that show. Moving on, we have best limited series... Third place went to The Serpent on the BBC. Second place went to Mayor of Easttown. And first place went to, I think everybody would agree this is the correct answer. It's a sin. It's a sin won by a fairly sizable margin as well. I'm surprised to see The Serpent up quite so high because that was like January last year, I think. The serpent was out, so it's been out a long, long, long time. Any thoughts here? I've never seen the serpent, but I absolutely
0: am so happy with the one and two. It's a sin in particular, absolutely amazing program, and that was really—I mean, that was January the fourth, fifth last year. But it absolutely has such an impact on so many people. Happy with that one, two. east Town also binged that um, during the summer as well. So yeah, hurrah, good result there.
1: Definitely, Matt. You saw It's a Sin, didn't you? I know. Have you seen any of the others? Yeah,
0: I really loved uh,
1: It's a Sin.
2: That was a really like important story to tell and it was uh, executed very, very well. That's um,
1: Russell T. Davis, isn't it? Yes.
2: Yeah, he did a great job with that and uh, glad that I won that category.
1: Yeah, me too, definitely. So that was Best Limited Series. Best New Comedy Series we have... Monsters at Work landed third place. Only Murders in the Building landed second place. And The Cleaner on the BBC landed first place. I seem to remember you saying, Grey, that you didn't get on with... I can't remember... Yeah, I mean,
0: it was okay. I just wasn't a huge fan of it. I just... I don't know. There was something about... I didn't enjoy it. I I would have loved to see Only Murders in the Building in this one. That was my favourite there. But um, I can understand why people have voted it you know it's a BBC drama it's Greg Davies he's hugely popular at the moment he's would have picked up a lot of loyal fans watching it and it had a real big good stars coming in as guest uh, people but yeah, just didn't enjoy it as
1: much as some of the others that were on the original list. Yeah, Matt. I mean, obviously, you like monsters at work. You, did you watch Only Murders in the Building as well? I didn't. I kept clicking on it and looking at it and then not pressing play. But
2: um, <laughs> but I do very much have the interest still to to watch it. Is that renewed for another season? Yes. Yeah, yes, that yeah. is coming back. Okay. Yeah, I, I definitely do have the interest to uh, to watch that. But I really, really love Monsters at Work. I'm glad to at least see it in the top three and the cleaner. I I, I never particularly checked out, but um, it's, a, it's a good result there for Disney I suppose.
1: Yeah, um interestingly, I mean the other things in that list were Mysterious Benedict Society, Dollface, Mr. Mayor, Reservation Dogs, Mighty Ducks Game Changers, Starstruck, Young Rock, Solar Opposites, Kevin Can F himself. Kevin Can F himself actually came in fourth just after Monsters at Work, but there was a reasonable gap between Monsters at Work and Kevin Knesset himself. I'm quite surprised that Solar Opposites is that much lower, given, although I suppose Monsters at Work is Monsters, Inc., and maybe that's why. Yeah, a
2: lot of nostalgia and stuff there.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah, especially for me. (laughs) Yeah, and and Young Rock was way down the list as well. But I thought the Young Rock series was great as well. I really enjoyed The Cleaner. I think that was a great series, and uh, Only Murders in the Building was quite entertaining. I mean, good result for Disney+. Plus. It shows you that being on a streaming service isn't necessarily a detriment at this point, and how many people have Disney+, Plus out there. Because, you know, it's usually the case that the BBC stuff ranks fairly highly, but then Starstruck was quite a way down the list as well, and that's a BBC show. So, Best returning comedy series... Now, obviously, we have a top three here. You're all wrong because these, he, of course, has always extraordinary playlist. But um, obviously, uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> you know. So, uh, but. but- best returning comedy <laughs> series. Number three, What We Do in the Shadows, which was of course on the BBC. Superstore, which I, I think partly for proliferation purposes, because it's it was on ITV, it's also on Peacock, it's also on Netflix now. It's all over the place. You can watch Superstore. Uh, the entire six seasons of it, there is, is everywhere. Uh, number one, Ghosts. The third season of that, which I mean, as we spoke about earlier, it's a really beloved show. But I was surprised Superstore was quite as high as it was, but I guess because because people have caught it on Netflix and Peacock now, rather than it being buried away at sort of, you know, whatever mm, time it was. That's also for the me. last uh, season. But yeah, that is true. It's the last time somebody can vote for it, so maybe that's also added to it slightly. That's a show that handled the COVID stuff really, really well as yeah, well. Especially yeah, as they, yeah, I
2: agree. because most of the characters wore masks you know inappropriate situations for the whole season and it was what a 19 something episode season so mm-hmm. uh, they and it wasn't sort of shoved in your face every episode it was like it was there but the, the other storylines were still ongoing so they handled that very very well i think
1: yeah i have actually been onto the set it was filmed at universal that and that was one of the sets when you do some of the studio tours they take you round but she did point out the fact that uh, if you actually look around there are a number of bags that are kind of open on the floor that wasn't because they're filming something it's because they have raccoons <laughs> around the set and they get into the sets at night and because they have actual dried food in bags on the shelves the raccoons used to get into the set and would rip oh. the bags open to get the food out of it <laughs> so oh, sure. yes which i thought was quite funny but yeah um ghosts at number one superstore at number two what we do in the shadows at number three i struggle. A bit with what we do in the shadows, which given I'm very much the target audience for it is a bit of a shame. But I need to mm. maybe give it another try. That's on uh on Disney Plus now as well. Yes. And, and it's, it's
2: still on uh BBC, so you can watch it in other place, I think.
1: Yes, which probably helps as well. Uh Gray, I don't know whether you sort of saw Superstore or not. I yeah,
0: yeah, I'm a huge fan of Superstore. Um I know that I, I used to talk to Matt about trying to chase it around I T V too mm. when they used to put it out and only get six <laughs> yeah, minutes to watch it. When the it episodes then, are on there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was trying to find Oh, is it what, it there and then so I was a huge fan. I'd watched it from its very first sort of broadcast on itv two and then everyone sort of picked up on it recently. But I think Netflix did put a lot of promo into it. It was one of the a really high promo show on like the opening page and things like that. So um yeah, I I really am pleased that's one and two in terms of that. Um what we do in the shadows haven't seen the latest one, but I like the one that was broadcast in the middle of last year. I really like Natasia Dimitru who's also in Stafflet's flats. Um I think she's really funny, yeah. So um, I, I was a fan of, the, of that, definitely.
1: Yeah, Inside number 9 just missed out on, uh, was uh, fourth place on that, and Ted Lassie was just behind it. So the other things in that category was uh, Zoe's Breeders, Mythic Quest, Dickinson, Back, Dead Pixels were the other things in that category as well. That was Best Returning Comedy Series. Now we get more into the genre stuff. Best New Sci-Fi Fantasy Series. We have a top three, beginning with, at uh, third place, Wheel of Time. In second place, Sweet Tooth, and in first place, Star Wars The Bad Batch. Other things in this category included Foundation, Invasion, Fate, The Wink Saga, uh, The Nevers, Shadow and Bone, Raised by Wolves, and the three top places. Grey, you've presumably not seen any of these. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is where I go quiet and let you two talk a little bit more. <laughs> uh, then, Matt, what? I mean, I, I thought that was quite interesting. Out of all those shows, the fact that Star Wars is top, I don't think, he's a great surprise i was very happy to see sweet tooth in second place though i really like that and it was fairly close i mean it it, you know there was reasonable sort of gap between the two but you know there was was still relatively close fourth place went to raised by wolves as well and that was extremely close between third and fourth place and given raised by wolves was sort of quite early last year i was surprised that was so high ago, yeah
2: yeah it's good to see the bad batch one i mean as somebody who didn't watch um all of Clone Wars or Rebels that was like a something like a sequel to one of those I think isn't it to to Clone Wars Um, as somebody who hasn't got all the way through it it was a very approachable series I really like the characters Uh, Sweet Tooth I've not jumped into yet but I keep meaning to and we've uh, spoken about Wheel of Time before yeah it's an interesting category uh, definitely for for that one
1: Sweet Tooth definitely worth a watch if you've not caught that it's on Netflix really interesting fantasy show based on a comic book but uh, yeah very. I'm not going to go into sort of the details about it, but it is a really very well put together fantasy series on um, Netflix. So it's got a second season coming as well. So definitely want to go and check out that returning sci-fi fantasy series. This was quite a long list, but the top threes were Walking Dead season ten slash eleven because they were both sort of through that year. Uh, Doctor Who Flux in second place. And Lucifer actually took the top spot here, which given we usually traditionally say if Doctor Who is in a category generally it wins and it's been in a couple of categories this year and not so much, which I don't know whether that's just because there's more stuff around or whether it says something about the quality of Doctor Who at the moment. And I know a lot of people are very happy that Chris Chibnall is leaving and Russell T Davies is going back. I'm very <laughs> much looking forward to that. Jody has suffered from Chibnall's writing a little bit, unfortunately. I actually quite enjoyed Flux. I think he fumbled it a bit at the end, but I thought that actually was quite good a story. He just didn't nail the landing. But of course, it is the final season of Lucifer as well, and uh, there is a lot of love for that show, so I, I shouldn't be overly surprised that that won this category. And it's not to The Walking Dead. People that keep on pronouncing The Walking Dead as being oh, it's finished, and it still lands fairly high yeah, it's still doing well. Yeah, it's
2: yeah. great to see. Because that also kind of technically includes those uh, bonus episodes. Yes, um, it does. The, the, the special one, whatever you want to call them, the pandemic episodes. But no, like, yeah, Angela, ever since she went into season nine, obviously we've been talking about this for a couple of years now, she's really just uh, basically saved the show. I think with like just just helping with a with a lot of the story and stuff and making things a lot better. The Lucifer th- Lucifer thing, it could be a case of, again, another final season thing, because mm-hmm. it, it would have been interesting to see if that was like a fifth season or or if it just wasn't the last season, if Doctor Who would have beaten it there. because you said that was a, that was the very last part of uh, Lucifer, wasn't yeah, it? So, yeah. So that's really interesting.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Fourth place was Star Trek Discovery, but there was a fairly sizable gap between Walking Dead in third place and Star Trek Discovery in fourth. And Lucifer, you know, again, quite a sizable gap between Doctor Who and Lucifer as well. So uh, the other things in that category were Servant, All Mankind, Black Summer, Motherland, Fort Salem, The Expanse, War of the Worlds, Snowpiercer as well were the other ones in that list. Some good shows in there. I mean, not necessarily the ones I would have picked as the top three uh, i certainly think the expanse has been doing a wonderful job and i love for all mankind as well but There you go. Best new comic book series. We have a top three, which predictably is very, very Disney Plus dominated. Third place, Hawkeye. Second place, WandaVision. First place, Loki. It was kind of a case of what's going to be top out of WandaVision and Loki, I think, for this category. They were actually relatively close, but Loki pulled ahead towards the end. They were running neck and neck for a while. Hawkeye, I think, gets up there because of the fact that it was... Recent and on now. Interestingly, Falcon Winter Soldier and What If in this category, quite a way down the list, the fourth place actually went to Sweet Tooth again. I probably would have them the other way around. I probably put One Division because I think it was so original. But Wonder Vision and Loki I thought were both great shows.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I would agree with you. I think One Division was slightly better. It did something so different and really blew our expectations when it sort of came out earlier in the year but absolutely happy with that top three Disney Plus absolutely onto a winner Kevin Feige onto a winner with all of his spin-offs I wish you could see our results sort of say Falcon and Winter Soldier didn't work Kevin keep going with the <laughs> others but yeah. um yeah it just makes me really excited about some of the ones who still got to come with some of the new images of She-Hulk this week and Miss Marvel there's some really great images coming through of that one as well so I'm really excited about what they've got
1: coming yeah it's interesting we'll get to the most anticipated shows later because that's quite interesting as well but Matt interesting to see Loki at the top I enjoyed it for
2: the most part I, I thought it started and finished really well I thought a couple of the Disney Plus shows did maybe have that problem like Falcon and Winter Soldier I really liked how that finished I thought it started well but like the middle sagged a little bit I thought WandaVision was great the whole way through and I thought Hawkeye was as well <laughs> to me Hawkeye and WandaVision are the ones that I'd probably put at the top I did end up finishing What If and I'd actually probably i possibly put that number three because I, I really like that, that, that final battle and and everything there, I thought that was that was great. So
1: other things in that list were Resident Alien, Sweet Tooth. You mentioned Invincible, Falcon Winter Soldier, What If, uh, Why the Last Man in there as well. Those are the top three. Were that were Loki, Wonder Vision, Hawkeye. Best returning comic book series. Your top three for that are Legends, of Tomorrow at three, Walking Dead again at two, and Lucifer again at number one. So uh, Lucifer lot of love for that show, I think. Nice to see that, I mean, Legends was the only DC Arrowverse show that we actually had in the list because it was the only one that I thought was worthy of it this year. Mm. It was nice to see that kind of in there as well. Doom Patrol was in that list, Stargirl and uh, Walking Dead World Beyond as well. Any thoughts on this? I'm pleased that Legends of Tomorrow got into the top three even though it was the most bonkers season yet.
0: Yes. Uh, Just out of interest in normal years Dave when Legends goes up against Flash and Supergirl did it always outshine the others or were the others sometimes better than you remember from previous Uh, years?
1: Previous years I would say Flash or Arrow are usually the ones that have come top but Mm. they really did not deserve a
0: place this year. No, no, no. Definitely not. I totally agree with you. I gave up on Flash. And I watched the end of Supergirl, which I just think it was a bit of a wet ending, to be honest. But, uh-huh. um, uh, you know. Uh, good on Legends of Tomorrow. I do wonder how long they can keep going though you know they're really pulling on the last threads of a storyline with everything they're going through at the moment and if they change the line up one more time it's just going to be a little bit bonkers but well
1: yeah I mean I don't mind the fact that they changed the lineup so much for that show it's sort of where the also runs end up Yeah. Uh, and I rather like that about it and I like the fact that it's not really attached to the rest of the Arrowverse it kind of goes off and does its own thing and it, mm. it's very knowing and I you know it's like whenever they do a crossover episode and the legends aren't really involved but one of the characters is and, and they were making remarks about oh they didn't get roped into a crossover did they you know
0: preferential yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah yeah there's a lot of that sort of meta stuff in there which I really really like and um, again nice to see Walking Dead still up there um, Lucifer I'm not hugely surprised given that it won one of the other categories I'm not surprised that Lucifer's up there you know but uh, it'll be out now so we'll be able to see what lands next year what takes the top spot moving on to british tv show of the year the top three there that was kind of interesting Doctor Who in third place It's a Sin in second place Line of Duty took the top spot by a very large margin over nearly 30% of the vote Mm. and I mean it's a Sin coming in fairly sizably after it and then Doctor Who and uh, Call the Midwife actually was in that list it was in um, fourth place Outlaws, Manhunt, The Night Stalker Vigil, Bloodlands and Professor T also in there I guess I shouldn't be surprised that Line of Duty is so high I think it's a shame that it's the same didn't win out in that category I'm glad it yeah. got the limited series one but I would have put it in there as well I think definitely yeah
2: I probably would have given this to It's a Sin it's just interesting when you know when we first did the nominations thing and I mentioned that I hadn't like watched like basically any British uh, yeah. TV shows apart from It's a Sin I know I watched Line of Duty season one this year but obviously that was uh, ages ago but it is very interesting like you mentioned with Line of Duty that like people didn't like the the, the ending or the cliffhanger uh, I don't have full references to what that actually is because I still haven't seen it but yeah. it's still won like regardless of, of that kind of yeah, stuff which, by is, large which is interesting a large margin as well yeah yeah, um, yeah. Has, it, has it got another season um, I remember they said they were, they were not sure
1: it's no. You, well no that's it's it's not cancelled no, it's, it's not no, definitely no. ended either they, okay. they cast obviously the BBC would be happy to have it back the cast would be happy to come back problem is Jeb Mercurio who's the guy that created it is very busy with other things right now so right. it may get rested for a few years they may bring it back at some point but at the moment it's not looking like it's going to return on it for any regular kind of thing but it it may come back at some point in the future but at the moment they've left it right now because that Mm -hmm. was sort of a conclusion of that storyline that had been running for six seasons
0: I just think on a storytelling point of view I just think it's did a much better job of Line of Duty and you know that's just I know it's personal opinion and they're dealing with very different matters but if we're talking about British TV TV show of the year. Just thinking about that all-round element, I would definitely make sure it's the sim as the top one there.
1: Yeah, I would definitely agree with you there. I, I think it's a sin was an outstanding piece of TV, and i with the best will in the world. I mean, Line of Duty has been great, but he did kind of fudge that ending and. I don't think you can really compare the two. I think It's a Sin was was a far, far better piece of drama. And that doesn't mean that I don't love Line of Duty. I think five seasons of it have been absolutely fantastic. And most of that sixth season was great as well. I just think It's a Sin was an outstanding piece of TV. So, Moving on to best documentary slash structured reality series. Top shows we've got there. Third place, Friends The Reunion. Second place, Taskmaster. First place by an absolute landslide, Clarkson's Farm came out top. This is your category, Gray, so uh, <laughs> thoughts? The only one I didn't put in was Clarkson's Farm that was added by
0: someone else. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. The structured reality seems to come out on top with all the the great documentaries that we put in this list as well. Uh, But no, fair deal. You know, I've heard a lot of other people have told me great things that Jeremy Clarkson is doing for farming. Um, And so, you know, good on him. And if it's getting that and and this is this the first one for Amazon to come on top from all of our lists so far? Yeah, I mean it's yeah. had
1: it's been lower down in some of them, but I think this is the first win first, for yeah. for Amazon.
0: But, you know, give it up to Jeremy and and his show. You know, if they're doing a great job, they're doing a great job. I personally wouldn't have had it as number one, but you know, that's just me.
1: <laughs> yeah, did you watch any of these? I don't know whether you've watched any of these, Matt. I watched the Friends
2: reunion, and I think within this list was the uh, Elliot Page yes Oprah interview. So th- those were the only two that I'd seen. Taskmaster I've seen like bits and pieces of but um, I mean even my uncle watched uh, Clarkson's Farm we were talking about well my, my, him and my dad were talking about it on uh, Christmas Day so uh, you know something's done quite well if my uncle's caught attention to it yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah,
1: It was a really good series and I was very surprised I mean I have zero interest in farming and I've watched much less of their motoring stuff since they moved on to Amazon I've, I've seen a few bits and pieces back I haven't watched that much of it and so I was like yeah I'm not sure but I heard a lot of people talking about it when it came out and I was like oh I'll give it a try i completely addicted to it it is a super superb series and it highlights a lot of the stuff around farming and i mean it's jeremy being jeremy quite a lot of the time but it, it also does have a serious point to it and i found that really interesting and you know it's a world that i know nothing about so i thought they did a wonderful job the top three really were streets ahead of everything else pretty much fourth place went to the beatles documentary get back that was a little close to friends the other stuff in the list was way way below it So those top three were very much out in front. Moving on to best new animated series, the top three for that list was Monsters at Work again. Pops back up. Bad Batch again pops back up at number two. Number one in this list goes to Marvel's What If, which was way down in the uh, best comic book adaptation thing. So uh, it's nice to see it landing top here. I think partly it's landing top because it's the MCU and it's an animated MCU. So, I mean, it ended up being a battle basically between Marvel and Star Wars. But, I mean, it, it wasn't that close at all i mean marvel was way ahead of star wars in this and star wars and monsters at work were much closer together fourth place went to invincible you'll be glad to know as well and there wasn't a lot in it between monsters at work and invincible as well did you watch what if gray i did and this when i saw this go up on the website i it was the one i was really surprised
0: about i was i wouldn't have seen this as a top three considering the big list but then i just thought are we mainstreaming it with the animations a little bit is the most mainstream but then actually no, I, you know it's a surprising top three I liked one and three I didn't watch Star Wars but it just surprised me that's all that's all I'm going to say about it <laughs>
2: <laughs> I agree with what you said with the, the Marvel thing I think it's because of that brand trust I've talked about before and yes this isn't sort of direct MCU but it's still Marvel it's still you know Disney Plus and all that and it was like a new different thing from the MCU even though I think the MCU he was keeping itself fresh anyway with characters like uh, the Eternals and whatnot this is like entirely different you know with the animation and stuff so um, I, I liked it in the end there was a few episodes that didn't really work for me at all although I am getting the uh, the Captain Carter figure soon I've uh, I actually ordered that <laughs> yes. which, is, which is great yes, I think that, that's arriving that's been on very Wednesday
1: popular. Yeah.
2: to get those on um, Amazon and for Christmas I got uh, the zombie Captain America figure <laughs> awesome so uh, that, there's a, I'm going to put those next to each other yeah. So. Um, but yeah Star Wars Bad Batch we already talked about that that was great and I'm happy to see Monsters at Work in here again, yeah, which was great. So I,
1: I'm, yeah. I'm actually, although it wasn't in the top three, I was very happy to see Invincible very, very, very close to the taking that third spot from Monsters at Work because uh, yeah. I thought Invincible was an absolutely phenomenal series, and uh, it's on Amazon. It wasn't like advertised that well, so I think it's probably bypassed a lot of people. But I, that was a great series, and, and that took full spot. The other things in there: uh, Star Trek Lower Decks, Arcane, Mass of the Universe. Solar Opposites, again, very low in that list, of Modoc as well, with the other things in there. So, moving on to returning animated series. I mean, this was fairly predictable, these top three, I think. So, third place, Rick mm-hmm. and Morty. Second place, Family Guy. First place, Simpsons. I don't think there's a huge event of shock in any of those. There was, again, a reasonable gap between third and second place. The gap between The Simpsons and Family Guy was closer than you might have actually think because you think that The Simpsons being The Simpsons and 32 seasons in would still be way ahead but you know Family mm. Guy's definitely closing in on it fourth place went to Harley Quinn which was way behind the top three and they're the other things in that list uh, Duncanville Central Park Solar Opposites Disenchanted Love Death and Robots Archer American Dad, uh, Star Trek Lower Decks Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous Harley Quinn were the other things in that list I, I think this top three were fairly predictable
0: yeah yeah I, have, I, I mean i would have had family guy just slightly above the simpsons just because i think family guys doing more fresher things they've got more license with their their rating right. absolutely pleased with this top three um i've watched them all so
2: yeah very happy the simpsons one i've been watching that for a long long time i'm um, still not caught up but you don't really need to be caught up with the simpsons i'm on my like season 25 now so that's uh that's cool <laughs> um watched a lot of it when i was younger and then dropped off of it for a long time and now i've you yeah, know it's on there on on disney plus so i think it's a lot better than than family guy i know that Family Guy it's weird to, I guess it's weird to kind of say it because Family Guy has got a bigger advantage with that it allows itself to do a lot more adult things yes a lot of the other shows that you mentioned like outside of the top three this is a really really good category so I'm uh, g- glad to see some strong uh, animation in here I did jump back into uh, Archer as well because that sort of was like not great for a few seasons uh, but I jumped back to that I would switch third and second slot around I did get around to finishing that fifth season of Rick and Morty I went and found the other two two episodes if you, me- if you remember I mentioned that I didn't right, yeah, my yeah. recorders stopped like playing them or whatever so I went and found those two episodes and that was a pretty good uh, end of the season so um, yeah overall very strong uh, list but I'm happy that the Simpsons won this because I've uh, liked it for a long time so.
1: yeah I mean to be honest Rick and Morty out of the top three is the only one I watch with any regularity I still catch episodes of Family Guy sometimes and I do really enjoy it and I yeah, sometimes watch the Simpsons but I haven't seen it really for a very very long time but I think it's a bit like a comfy old of slippers the simpsons at this point i mean there are 32 yeah, yeah. year old people that have never had a world without the simpsons which is ridiculous so you know mm. it has been around for so long and people Both. have grown up with it it's always been there and mm. he's uh, still going so you know i think people just love it Moving on to Game of the Year, obviously Grey will be quiet again at this point. <laughs> um, uh, third place went to Hitman 3, second place went to Forza Horizon 5, and first place went to Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, which, uh, I mean, I, I guess, again, brand recognition, but I enjoyed it. I liked it as a game much more than you did. Ratchet & Clank got fourth place in that, and but there was a reasonable drop-off between Hitman and Ratchet and & Clank. Other things in that, Psychonauts 2, Deathloop, Subnautica below zero Metroid Dread Oddworld Soulstorm Life is Strange True Colors Little Nightmares 2 and It Takes Two were in there as well but there was a fair drop off between the top three to the other things Guardians of the Galaxy was way way out in front I'm going to give that Guardians of the Galaxy game another go because I just keep hearing about
2: people really really enjoying their time with it Mm -hmm. Um, both like you and people in other gaming groups and it won this list and ever since I put the game down and I've just heard more glowing opinions I'm sort of like, did I did I not see something? Did I, did I miss something here? Did I drop it too early? All of those are a possibility but I'm, I am going to uh, try it again. Yeah, again like you said brand recognition, it's just th- these lists, because we just talked about the Marvel's What If, which is on the TV side mm-hmm. does prove as well that it's not all just, oh the MCU is great and that's all that Marvel's good at like they've yeah. you know, had, the, had the Spider-Man games and they've had this Guardians of the Galaxy game that people enjoyed and uh, there was also the Telltale Guardians of the Galaxy Game, which is great. And then obviously, like the TV shows, people have really enjoyed those. So when I talk about that sort of brand recognition, brand trust, it's not always just about the films, they've they're doing really yeah. well in some other categories as well. So yeah. that's uh, that's great. Uh, Hitman 3. Um, I tried to play that in VR and it was very, very awkward. Right, yes. uh, and then I and then I played it normally and it, it worked better. Certain games that sort of support VR aren't really sort of configured for it properly. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, I I I've noticed a few games like that, but then I played it normally normally the way you'd usually play a hitman game and uh it was much better uh, and i haven't played forza horizon 5 but the the people that have mentioned playing it have said that they thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed it so yeah. uh um, I, I've
1: watched over Christmas my two nephews. I bought it for my nephews for Zo 5. So I have not played it personally, but I have seen some gameplay of it. I mean, it looks beautiful. If you like those sort of racing games, great. And it does an interesting thing with that sort of genre in the way that it's set up. And it is kind of an open world and you drive from one race to another. And, you know, so there, yeah. there is a sort of interesting kind of story thing going on within it. So I like the fact that they're doing something different with the driving game. I'm just not hugely into driving games so that's Mm. why. but Guardians Mm. I thought I thought Marvel did a wonderful job with narratively with the Guardians yeah I mean the combat wasn't fantastic but narratively it's really fun and it's a great story to play through and that means a lot to me you know and i love the hitman games as well i've interviewed the voice of hitman very many many times and uh, so spoken he, to the man himself yeah. yes spoken to the man himself. he's a <laughs> lovely lovely guy who is out of character but yeah um, but, uh, so i'm very happy with those as a top three i think they were they were well deserved i mean i'd still for me personally subnautica below zero just brilliant but i understand that's a bit more of a niche game right yeah so moving on to movie Of the year. The top three we had here was at number three, June, at number two, Shang-Chi, and at number one, No Time to Die. Again, I think there's a certain amount of recognition here with uh, No Time to Die. I mean, it was actually quite close between No Time to Die and Shang-Chi, but No Time to Die eventually kind of took over the top spot. I did actually watch this fairly recently, and it's a good, interesting end to Daniel Craig's bond. I'm rather intrigued given how that. Ends, what they're going to do with the next one because of... I can't wait to see what they're going to do I can't wait are they yeah. going to scrap everything and start again or are they going to bring some people back and just have a new bond I mm, yeah that's going to be interesting to see where they go with that I mean I know obviously they've changed Bond numerous times and they are going to make more of it obviously but that goes in a very different direction to the way any other Bond film was ended (laughs) so I was really intrigued by where that's going next personally I enjoyed Shang-Chi more as a film I haven't seen Dune yet fourth place was Suicide Squad or The Suicide Squad was in fourth Mm. place but actually fairly close to Dune very very close to Dune other things in there obviously the Eternals, Army of Thieves, Last Jewel, Bur Inside, Army of the Dead, Luca, Zack Snyder's Justice League, Jungle Cruise, Venom, Let There Be Carnage, Quiet Place Part 2, Free Guy, Black Widow, Ghostbusters Afterlife with the other ones in there. By the way, I went and watched Free Guy in between the oh, nominations episode and this one,
2: and I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, thoroughly. Yeah, that was great. Dune, I haven't actually seen. I keep meaning to uh, to watch it. I think it's available on the digital purchase. It is. Now. i think yes. it is so I yeah think. i i uh will try to go and watch that uh shang chi i really really enjoyed uh, i'm really happy that um because there was a selection of about five or six films that could have won my film of the year and no time today was like one of those films basically so i'm glad that uh that that one that i would have been happy with any of the other five that i had uh, chosen as well but really great into the uh that particular side of the the bond franchise or daniel craig's time with it and i'm really really curious to see where they go with it it's Especially with um amazon's purchase of mgm that could mean like some amazon content maybe because you don't have to just do theatrical james bond films like could you do a tv show could you do well, a film just for it's amazon tricky
1: stuff? it's trickier with bond because of the fact that it's not wholly owned by mgm there is the broccoli company that right is okay that also owns it so and they're like very much know we're doing theatrical releases so okay okay i don't think you're gonna see a Bond TV show anytime soon I suspect Mm. it's going to be kept for theatrical stuff but we'll see they never know they might be able to talk Mm. them around in some way there's options possibly yes there are other things Mm. you could maybe do some spin-off things possibly with it but uh, probably not Bond directly which I mean that would work what about you Grey I'm happy with one and two I haven't seen Dune so
0: I think I would run the other way around Shang-Chi slightly better for me really good Marvel film and sort of set off a, a new strand so yeah i'm happy with that um i've heard great things about june cinematically and aesthetically being a really good film but i haven't seen it it doesn't really spark my interest at the moment so
1: what's kind of interesting about this list actually is there were three marvel movies in it and they're very very spaced out i mean shanxi is second place black widow is mid-table the eternals is dead last oh really yeah I mean they really a not a lot of love for that film I still haven't watched it yet you know so I can't it's on the,
2: I think it's on Disney plus on Wednesday
1: right yes I was waiting for it to come out on Disney plus because uh, it's very interesting that mm. that, that you <laughs> know, there, given their Marvel there does seem to be either people like
2: me that really really love it or some people that just I didn't care for this yeah. I, I haven't really seen many people that thought oh this is like okay serviceable sort of thing um, people seem to either really really enjoy it or not really enjoy it at all I don't know yeah no it was but then then it's like it's that kind of new thing for the MCU as well so like how do people sort of take that because mm. this is very different to your normal kind of Avengers characters or anything that we've had before. Yeah, so.
1: and I mean I've not seen it, but I don't think it quite has the silliness of Guardians. Because I mean, you're you know, Guardians of the Galaxy were not very well known when it was released, and yeah, they were definitely a sort of C-list property of Marvels, and the yeah. genius elevated that. And I think maybe they needed to do something like that with Eternals, and maybe they didn't manage it because nobody knows who the Eternals are. I don't think outside sort of proper Marvel comic nerds so right. maybe it's suffering a bit from that whereas you know people i mean people but then again people didn't know shang chi that well but i think there would there was a lot more going for it with shang chi because it's like it's an easier thing to grasp as well with shang chi because it is sort of it's this guy he's a martial arts expert it's like you know and i don't think everybody can get on board with that uh, but the there was also a lot of great casting in that it was aquafina wasn't it that played the sidekick yeah yeah, yeah. she's brilliant she is so talented. Yeah, she was really, really good in that as well. And uh, so it was It was just well cast and it had some fun to it. And I think maybe possibly that was missing a little in the Eternals, but I don't know. I will pass judgment when I actually see it most anticipated categories we've got now so uh, most anticipated game there's a certain amount of brand recognition going on i think definitely here third place <laughs> god, of, god of war ragnarok second place <laughs> legends of zelda breath of the wild 2 and first place hogwarts legacy which i think was second place last year because it you know as happens with the games they were uh, up on their as well um, but it, they did beat out the two DT games Gotham Knights and Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League which are in, so in there Horizon Forbidden West was in there as well Dying Light 2 Elden Ring Starfield and Kerbal Space Program 2 was in there as well I don't think it's a huge shock that Hogwarts Legacy is taking the top spot here I mean it's a Harry Potter game and we've been screaming out for a Harry Potter game for years and there's been a lot of false starts with it but it looks like it is actually happening now and they, they are actually making it and it is actually coming there there's been trailers and stuff for it so looks mm-hmm. like it could be quite fun and interesting that um a legend of zelda uh, breath of the wild i played the first one it's fine but again i'm not hugely into the nintendo stuff i played a bit of god of war didn't grab me particularly for whatever reason i don't know why so mm-hmm.
2: i'm really really excited for hogwarts legacy but there's there is a few there's quite a few good, good games coming out this year that i'm looking forward to as well um god of war ragnarok i think it's going to be good i do think i think the the well the, the 2018 revival if you want to call it that which is just called god of war i think is a little bit overrated to a degree i think it's a very very good game but i still think that there's just i don't know like it i uh, did it win that game of the year that year i think it did um mm-hmm. so i'm looking i'm looking at, at god of war ragnarok and thinking can you do what you just did but evolve it a bit more and give creators some new things to do or is it going to kind of be the same thing again so we'll see how that kind of works out we're not seeing like loads of it so we'll see how that goes uh, Breath of the World, I still think is the best game on the Switch up there with like Metroid Dread so I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do with the second one. And Hogwarts Legacy I just think has so much potential with all the different spells and RPG mechanics you could get and it's, it's disconnected itself from Harry himself because uh, mm-hmm. it's set in like the is it the 1980s or, or the 1800s or eight, eight, it's something like that. Anyway.
1: 1800s or something a- yes. 1800s yeah.
2: So uh, that will give some uh, fresh ideas and stuff so I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that. Although there's games last year that came out i haven't even quite played yet because
1: i hadn't had a ps5 well, so things like um
2: ratchet and Clank. so yeah, i'm looking forward to that, those. that's stuff.
1: always the problem i have i mean I'm, when i'm going through this list half the games in it that i haven't actually played because i either haven't got the platform or right. or, or yeah. i just haven't got around to playing it because you know I just haven't uh, because I don't have enough time so Um, Mm -hmm. but yes I mean Hogwarts Legacy is certainly something I I will be looking out for definitely Uh, most anticipated movie Uh, the top spot for this was incredibly predictable but (laughs) third place went to John Wick Chapter 4 second place Fantastic Beasts Secrets of Dumbledore top place of course went to Spider-Man No Way Home the reason this is in most anticipated is because our awards run from 31st of November through to the 31st of November. So the December from last year falls into next year's awards, if that makes sense. Um, right. And obviously, No Way Home wasn't out at the time when we look because we run the awards throughout December. So we can't obviously add things in that had launched, uh, hadn't launched prior to December when it comes to TV shows. Uh, and uh, the obviously, No Way Home, a lot of people have seen it. So, of course, that was going to be top of the list. Fourth place went to Matrix Resurrections, which, of course, is also out um and fifth place was jurassic world dominion what is interesting is there were a bunch of marvel movies in this list uh doctor strange was in there black panther wakanda forever is in there and thor love and thunder is in there and they're all sort of mid table they're still beating the dc movies because black adam (laughs) and the flash are both in there and they're way down at the bottom but uh batman is also mid table so i mean you know batman being batman that's still kind of doing fairly well that that actually beat some of the uh that beat actually black panther and thor but there's no great surprise by that highly predictable i think that spider-man was going to be number one in that list uh, gray any thoughts on this i'm not really interested in
0: fantastic Beasts, but definitely john wick is up there i've seen spider-man now absolutely right to be one of the most anticipated um i am surprised well i don't know i suppose when people have voted if they watched spider-man and then they saw the post-credit sequence then Doctor Strange would have been up here but if they hadn't seen yeah. Spider-Man when they voted that's why it's number one and um, Doctor Strange is further down but that post-credit sequence of Spider-Man whoo, uh, that made me really excited about uh, Doctor Strange
1: Right don't say
0: anymore
2: because <laughs> I not won't say anymore
1: <laughs> <laughs> What about you Matt?
2: Yeah I echo basically what Grace just said as well as somebody who's seen that film I am really really surprised to see Fantastic Beasts at number two because whenever I see any online chatter about this film it doesn't sound like anyone particularly cares, but the Geek Town audience clearly does. Yes. Um. So maybe it's just like a different audience or something. But um, I think it's also because of, you know, the incidents with uh, J.K. Rowling and what she's stupidly been saying recently is kind of it's hurt the whole franchise. But obviously you can disconnect from her and still enjoy uh, the Harry Potter content because I'm still looking forward to the uh, the Reunion, which I think is out on Skymax, but uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that. John Wick, Chapter 4. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to it. I, I like that action kind of stuff. So I, I've enjoyed the previous three John Wick films. Spider-Man, obviously, I've already actually seen. But yeah, this is, a, out of all the ones we've gone through so far, this is the strangest kind of result to me, I think. Mm, yeah. So And I think somewhat with some of those Marvel films, we need a little bit, because a lot of those we don't have sort of like tra- for I think as well uh, like Black Panther doesn't have one and some of the others don't as well um, I also think specifically with Black Panther there's a couple of issues going on with that film obviously you've got to try and work around the passing of Chadwick Boseman and there's also I can't remember the name of the actress but Shuri she, they're having some uh, let's just say they're having some problems with, yeah, with her sure right, as yeah. well so I'm anticipating that that film won't actually be very good but then again it's Marvel so it could surprise me yet again but that's that's the one that's the one... Out of all the TV shows and films from Marvel, that's the one thing I'm looking at and thinking, okay, because of these reasons that aren't even necessarily going to be story-related or writing-related, it might struggle because of them, and it's just a situation they're in.
1: Yeah, moving on to the last category, which is most anticipated new TV series of 2022. Again, I think the top three here were somewhat predictable, although, I mean, yeah, maybe the third place, maybe not so much, but so third place went to... House of the Dragon, which of course is the Game of Thrones new show. Second place went to Obi Wan Kenobi, which is the Disney Plus series. Of course, Star Wars. And first place by mm. a country mile, I seem to remember <laughs> looking at it. Got 36 percent of the vote over everything else top place goes to lord of the rings which i mean is a series that we don't even have a name for yet it's just the lord of the rings tv series but that of course is coming to amazon at the end of next year there was a bunch of marvel stuff in here but all rated lower than all those top 3 i mean there were there were sizable gaps between that and uh, the fourth place which was miss marvel actually was the top one out of uh, miss marvel's secret invasion she Hulk, moon knight and Andor the other Disney Plus series as well. So yeah, I don't think there's a huge surprise Lord of the Rings is in top though.
0: No, I'm disappointed in all of these. None of them I'm looking forward to. <laughs> yeah, really? <laughs> yeah. None of them, wow. No, no none of them. Like, I, I just have such a love for the movies of Lord of the Rings. I don't understand why we're even getting a TV set on a TV show. I'm just happy. Obviously not a fan of Star Wars and the, the Obi-Wan Kenobi and not a fan of House of the Dragon either. So um, yeah, i I'm sitting there very disappointed and probably mine are all from four downwards. (laughs) Yes.
1: (laughs) <laughs> um i mean matt i where, where are you saying uh, lord of the rings i'm really looking forward
2: to seeing what they do with this i mean yeah we don't have like a title we don't have do we even have any pictures of this thing we uh, haven't got a trailer one
1: one uh, vague
2: shot we've had so far one picture one picture one yeah. that I can't, I can't remember what it was for but uh yeah um i mean this has been in production for a very very long time and obviously you've got to like it, there's a lot of work to be done on something as big as this so uh to take all the time you, you kind of need I'm really looking forward to uh, Obi-Wan as well seeing it what's his name Ian McGregor back uh, in that role and seeing what they do with it Hayden Christensen coming back and bit of a rematch to be had there yes as well so I'm looking forward to that uh, House of the Dragon I'm still missing Game of Thrones just that that, that well those types of characters and obviously this is getting into dragons and dragons are cool and they've always been cool in Game <laughs> of Thrones so I'm, I'm looking forward to that uh, still a little bit bummed out that they scrap the uh, the White Walkers series I can't remember what that was supposed to be called but that um, they're not doing that one some of the DC shows that are coming out I, I don't know what I'm kind of looking forward to from those a lot of the Marvel ones I'm really looking forward to especially things like She-Hulk because so obviously you've got Tatiana yes. joining that as well and you've got uh, Jamila Jamal joining that yeah. and a bunch of other very very important people as well i be curious to see what Disney does with Moon Knight because they can't get too R-rated because obviously it's a Disney Plus platform but he's yeah. supposed to be like a a daredevil batman-esque sort of character yeah so it uh, be interesting to see what they do but I, I did like the little preview shot that we got of uh those they did like a 15 minute thing didn't they where yeah. they previewed some of those marvel shows and a lot of them look very very good but yeah all in good time we'll see what they look like but uh yeah really looking forward to seeing what they do with lord of the rings
1: no i mean i'm i am very interested in the in lord of the rings i love the films, and I think the interesting thing about the TV show is they've they're not trying to remake the films. It is set in a completely different part of the history. I'm okay with them doing that as a sort of longer form format, but I am very much looking forward to Obi wan as well. Uh, House of the Dragon uh, after the final season of Game of Thrones. I don't know. I'm I will see. I I don't want to sort of prejudge it. It's a completely different group of people involved with it, so we'll we'll see how that lands, but. Mm-hmm. We'll see, we'll see. That's it for all the main categories. There is one other question which I haven't actually put on the website which I always ask which is what is your favorite TV show. So this is a free text box they can write in literally whatever they like. So this takes a little bit more organizing. But I have got a top hmm. 10 list from this. It's always fascinating to see what people put in here. There is a few sort of interesting like little one-offs and somebody puts The Prisoner in there or Phoenix Nights or Dukes of Hazard Randomly, Home and Away, for example. (laughs) But the top 10 list that came out of this number 10, Big Bang Theory, number nine, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, number eight, Supernatural, number seven, Line of Duty, number six, Breaking Bad, number five, The Walking Dead, number four, Doctor Who, number three, Game of Thrones, number two, only fools and horses. <laughs> and number one, I think predictably, because everybody loves it, friends. So. Uh, <laughs> um, nice. Yeah, I, I just thought there, there is one that stands out there, which is only fulls and Horses at number two, I think. Um, but it did get an incredible amount of votes. Well, I remember this this wasn't a multi-choice list. This was literally people writing in what they liked as their favourite show. You know, there was no hints. There was no nothing. It was literally a free text box. So, yeah, I mean, I, I found that kind of interesting. Um, and Game of Thrones being very, very high up in that list. But nice to see Buffy still in there and, and Supernatural and, Yeah, Mm -hmm. Breaking Bad being quite high because it can sometimes feel a bit niche, that show, even though it was hugely popular. It wasn't as popular over here. So, you know, I'm I'm glad to see that that's in there because it's such a quality TV show. I'm currently watching Fools and Horses, actually. I'm How on season really?
2: four there you go so you said that was number two didn't you
1: yes that's number two friends number one and Game cool. of Thrones number three nice. I think it
0: says a lot about our target audience for Geek Town with only uh, girls <laughs> and horses there um, it's actually uh, no it's a good it's always been a home comfort in terms of like mm-hmm. when I was growing up always used to be on in the background or used yeah, to exactly. tune in at Christmas um, as a sort of family and watch it and see what they were going to get up to this year so it brings me sort of nostalgic memories of my nan when she was alive and uh yeah, um, so yeah, yeah, a good choice for the in the top two.
1: Definitely agree with you there. So that was the top ten list for this year of what your favourite TV shows were. Friends is usually in there. Big Bang is usually in there. I think. Walking Dead and Breaking Bad are usually in there as well, and Doctor Who. So, but, you know, like I say, there's no set list for this. People just type in what they like. I'm glad that, you know, I'm not surprised that Friends is number one, but there are worse shows that could be there. So that's awesome. So that's the awards over and done with for this year. We're just going to leave you with some highlights for next week on TV. <laughs> highlights for next week on tv we have uh, psych seasons one to eight coming to peacock that's on the 11th of january i think all the seasons went out i think it was probably on the universal channel over here there are some movies they're not adding the movies yet they're just adding the seasons presumably the movies which have been on peacock in the u.s will come at some point but at the moment things are a bit all over the place with the peacock scheduling things seem to drop out of the sky at random dates at the moment so uh, uh 11th of january if you want to watch Psych, all eight seasons will be on there. The Shy seasons one to four of that are coming to Disney Plus. That's on the 12th of January which is a coming of age drama series set in Chicago, hence the name The Shy. Uh, I think it's been renewed for fifth season as well, that. Third season of Afterlife and the final season of Afterlife, the Ricky Gervais show on Netflix. That's coming on the 14th of January. Then One Chicago Returns on the 14th of January as well. That's kicking off at 8pm on the 14th of January with Chicago Med, followed at 9 by Chicago Fire, followed at 10 by Chicago PD. Another new show coming to Peacock, Magruba, which is, I think, based on a SNL sketch, and I think there was a film. It's kind of a takeoff of MacGyver. It's kind of a comedy takeoff of MacGyver, but uh, yeah, that's coming on to Peacock on the 16th of January. And then the aforementioned The Simpsons returns for its 33rd season. That's coming to Sky showcase on the 16th of january at 6 p.m note it's on sky showcase not sky max it's only going to be airing on sky showcase that's the only place it's not going to be on sky max only on sky showcase because of something to do with the licensing they did with disney i don't know exactly what but that is what they've said so uh sky showcase for the simpsons on the 16th of january at 6 p.m and then obviously at some point in the future that 33rd season will go on to disney plus as well with all the other previous seasons <laughs> so that is everything we have for this week if people want to find you grey where can they find you come and find me over on Twitter at grey the geek uh, just see me chatting about TV shows consumer
0: issues and all of that and uh, see me being happy about my new job as well so uh, come <laughs> over and follow me and give me a follow
1: yes and Matt where can they find you You can find me over on
2: entertainment talk.org uh, I've been on a podcast break obviously because it's been Christmas uh, there's still been some content getting put out the fifth season of classic reviews we're almost halfway through that uh, new episodes come out on wednesdays uh, and uh, month of positive creators is back uh, this year's edition is actually a special asmr version uh, so going over some of the asmr artists that i follow who do very unique and creative content and everything they'll do in tv games films podcasts main eye podcasts that sort of stuff i'm going to slowly come back to start actually recording new content this week as well if you want to know about some upcoming stuff i did put a tweet out yesterday E-talk UK on twitter just some information about some upcoming content and that sort of stuff uh, so Twitter UK if you want to find our uh, information over there but the website is entertainmenttalk.org for all of uh, all those things so go and check the call that out
1: yep so go and check matter over at entertainmenttalk.org other people involved in the show Bex has been doing lots and lots of stuff she's over on twitch.tv forward slash Trista Bytes so that's B-Y-T-E-S you can go and find her over on there and Daryl you can go and find on Hollywood North News net for all those tv series you love shot in canada for us you can visit the website at geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information if you want to get in touch with your questions or comments email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk leave a message on the website post find us at geektown on twitter on facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown on youtube at youtube.com forward slash geektown and on instagram at geektown uk that is everything we shall see you next week Bye-bye. Bye-bye. bye 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 bye